1: just
2: By the way, thinking of Melbourne Taylor, who actually wrote the song for our uh, our uh, show when we were uh, when we were on AM radio for God knows how many years—twenty years, thirty years, however long it Uh, was—came into the show one day and wrote the song and put it on his record. And definitely appreciate that. Hi, I'm Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, at Top Two Guys Smoke Shop here at Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. We want to remind you of Political TNT, one of the other podcasts here where I am a co-host, as well as a couple of the other great podcasts. They have the Snack Authority, just taped a little bit before we did, and they did, they do a great job of promoting some of the snacks and talking about different snacks from around the country and around the world, uh, as well as the Cigar Authority, if you're a cigar enthusiast. Uh, they run on Saturday, and uh, I'm not a cigar guy, I'm a cigarette guy, but I watch because I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in what these guys, uh, and I'm also interested in, in the cigar business. It's a, it's a uh, one of those businesses, like the gun business, where they're always under fire by the government because smoking is evil, right? And uh, and so I love to see how they handle that, and uh, it's it's a great podcast. I'm Tom Duggan. I'm the host of the Paying Attention podcast. We've got a great treat for you today. It is a special edition of the Paying Attention podcast. We are doing a debate today, and it's a real debate. It's not, what, it's not these manby pamby debates you see on TV with the Democrat and the Republican candidates where it's a forum and they pretend that it's a debate and everybody's got a 30 seconds for a response and 10 seconds for a response. Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to throw out a question or a topic to each of the candidates, and then I'm going to let them talk to each other about what they agree and they disagree on. And I'm going to let them, I'm going to step back And the only time I'm going to step in Is if I think one person's getting too much time Or if someone's not getting enough time And just to try and move the flow along um, so before we start, no time limit, but just be respectful of, of the time and, and the other candidates. Uh, why don't we start uh, at the at the other end of the table. Just introduce yourself a little bit. Tell people who you are and why you're running.
0: Sure. So I'm DJ Beauregard, and of course, I'm running for one of the three council at large seats here in Methuen. And uh, Tom, as you and many other people in the community know, I've been passionate about this notion of making Methuen better since I was a kid. Uh, I uh, was educated at the CGS and the Timoney, and I graduated from Methuen High in 2007. And I first became uh, really involved in the community as a member of Kathleen Corey Ramy's Methuen Youth Corps when I was 14. I remember it well. Yeah. I had the opportunity to work for Mayor Bill Manzi at City Hall, so I was able to learn a lot of the ins and outs of municipal government. I went off to college, earned my MBA, and now I've been involved in the business world and actually in the nonprofit world uh, locally as well. And uh, I've decided to run for office this year because I'm a new dad, I'm a homeowner, and I think that it's time to elect uh, more people to the city council who have uh, Methuen's best interests at heart and who uh, want to, I guess, inject some common sense and a voice of reason. That's why I'm doing this. And I'm happy to be here today. Thank you for hosting this. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Josh?
3: Hi, everybody. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's watching this for uh, being an informed voter and to uh, my colleagues who are here as well to talk about important issues today and to the Valley Patriot for putting this on. Uh, my name is Jessica Finicaro and uh, I'm an at-large city councillor for the city of Methuen. I'm running for my first re-election and um, I'm running uh, for a second term because I believe that it's important to stand up for Methuen. And what I found to be the right way to stand up for Methuen is to focus on uh, both how we look at our weaknesses and learn from them and grow and change. And th- our biggest strengths are what are going to get us through the issues that we have in the past two years. Um, For me, those real problems can also be our strength because we can change so many things about the way that Methuen works for the people by going out and changing these things. So a little bit about me is um, I uh, grew up in Methuen. Um, I really enjoy this place and um, I have two master's degrees, one in public administration and one in uh, government. And my specialty is both finance, um, a little bit of HR, but a lot of it uh, in organizational change, which I I hope uh, many of you all can agree that we uh, need to be doing. Um, for me, getting involved is a civic duty, and I'm interested in hearing what everybody has to say, and looking forward to working with you.
2: Great, thank you, Jess. Uh, Mr. DeZaglio.
4: Thank you, Tom, and, and thank you to the Valley Patriot for hosting this, and the Two Guys Smoke Shop and Studio Twenty One, and all those who are watching virtual the podcast. Uh, my name is Nick DeZaglio. I am a two-term uh, sitting school committee member. Uh, the last uh, two years of the four years, I've been the vice chair of the school committee. Um, Most likely, uh, you guys would have uh, noticed in the last two years we've really been transparent, working with the city council, having meetings with city council. Um, I grew up in Methuen. I've been here since 99. Uh, Bought my own house after um, I got engaged. I live right off of Calumet Road um, in the valley. Uh, Went to Suffolk University, graduated uh, with um, a bachelor's degree in public uh, relations and government. Uh, graduate of Methuen High with DJ in class of 2007. Uh, so since then, I, um, I, I'm i a professional in uh, HR. I work at uh, a, a company in biotech, life sciences in Cambridge, uh, working as uh, an HR professional in talent acquisition and organizational change management as well. So the reason why I'm making the move to City Council is... I feel that in the last you know, four years, we've, we've made a, a, a huge dent in working with the schools and finding uh, a great curriculum program, great staff and organization within the school department. And I think with some of the municipal experience that I have, I think we've kind of forgot about some of the infrastructure and capital improvements that the city needs, not so much the schools, the city needs. And so with my plan coming into the city council is, is strictly looking at the business growth and community development, uh, urban renewal. And um, again, everyone needs help, DPW, police, fire, et cetera. So my infrastructure program hits all departments across the board.
2: Great. Uh, Steve Angelo, you're probably the least known person here, so I'm going to give you a little bit more time if you need it to explain to people who you are and why it is that you're running for city council at large in Methuen.
1: Well, thank you, Tom. I appreciate being invited here. Today. As you said, I've never been in politics before. This is totally new to me. I'm born and raised from Methuen. I said I love Methuen, and the reason why I decided to run this year is because I believe that Methuen is a great city and has a lot of great things going on. I think that there's been a lot of negative vibes and a lot of negative attention to the stuff that's going on in our city, and I think we need to start concentrating on the positive as opposed to the negative. I believe that where we stand in the city with departments being at each other and tra- basically, I apologize, totally new to this, but as I said with our departments, I said, basically facing off with each other and I think that we should be working as a team. The council, the mayor's office, everyone in town hall. Mm-hmm. And if we work together, we can continue to move forward. I believe that right now in Bethune, we're in a lull, in that I'm stepping up because I believe that I can help to keep moving doing forward. Personally, as I work for the town of Stone, so I have experience in municipal government, I do my own budget. I run the recreation department, so I have a passion for recreation and infrastructure on the recreational side for the city. I really would like to see a concentration on that area, but I said I wanted to come to the table because I'm excited to be a part of a team and a city council to work together for common goals. I think that, Personal agendas sometimes will get in the way of moving the city as a whole forward, and I think that having someone who, myself, just wants the best for doing. and that's why I decided to step up
2: this year. All right, take a deep breath. Um, the, I want to thank uh, DJ Borrega, Jessica Finicaro, Nick DeZaglio, and Steve Angelo for being here. These are your at-large city council candidates, um, guys. Before we actually really get into the meat of, of issues in the debate, uh, and I don't know if you've seen the uh, Valley Patriot that came out today, but uh, I wrote a column and I want to talk a little bit about this. Um, I, it's what I call the incumbent protection act. Right? That's not what the city calls it, that's what I call it because there are two things as, that are part of Methuen city budget that are only really designed to protect incumbents to help them get reelected. And this is no uh, no no uh, slap at Jessica who's the only incumbent at the table, she had nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> But the fact is, in Methuen, there's two things that, that are only there to help uh, incumbents when it comes to election. Canceling primaries, canceling preliminary elections certainly helps incumbents uh, because in your race, you've got five candidates, six get nominated for the November ballot, And if you guys held a primary or preliminary election, somebody could go out and get 100 write-in signatures and get their name on the November ballot and be equal with all of you in that November ballot rather than trying to get more stickers or write-ins than the persons whose name are on the November ballot. Uh, The other one is having a deadline to pull papers. And we've seen, in fact, someone on the the stage today, if he wants to uh, address it, some people pull papers for two seats. And it gives it; it makes it impossible for other people to gauge how many people are going to be in each race. And when the deadline comes to poll papers, um, and then there's another 30 days before you can turn them in, uh, you can't have somebody run for both seats. So they run for one, which leaves the school committee. In this case, has f- has five people running for six jobs. So can you talk a little bit about the city council is talking now about changing the charter? And uh, I've not heard anybody talk about either of these two things. Uh, if they have it must have been when I took a break because I never heard any of them talk about it And what what do you think about these two issues? Would you do anything to change them? Do you think they're good? Uh, and I'm just going to throw it out uh, We'll let uh, Nick said it, I guess wants to go first and then uh, I'm not going to tell you guys you can, but you can interrupt each other, you can talk to each other You can agree and disagree.
4: Yeah, I'm not going to take up too much time here but I did pull for two papers mm-hmm. um, I pulled for the school committee And then I pulled for the city council and and originally my heart was with the schools. And and when I heard about, you know, the open seats on the city council, I thought it was, again, a strategic, but an opportunity for myself to move and and take that expertise to the next level, which is why I came in and I took my name off the list of the school committee. But I think everyone in in any state, city, uh, country should be able to pull for whatever position they want. They should be able to uh, go out there, get the votes, get their name out there, get their their position on the stance out there as well. Deadlines, there's a deadline for everything. I think you should have your papers in by a certain amount of time, have that submitted, and have a
2: decision for that. Well, the question is to poll, the deadline to pull papers. Pull papers. Everybody's got a deadline to turn them in, but in Lawrence, there's no deadline to take them out. So if you want to go the day that they're due get papers, walk your neighborhood, and get signatures, you can get on the ballot that day.
4: Yeah, then that's a conversation to have. Well,
2: that's why I brought it up. Yeah, so for me... Now now would be a good time.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So I probably would not... I wouldn't disagree with that. I think that's fine. But I also do know that Jack... Um, the city clerk is in currently in talks with the, the Secretary of State about uh, having everyone's name on the primary
2: Because right now you guys are not on the primary part, ballot That's what I heard And yeah, that's a disgrace yeah, I think yeah. that's a disgrace because the public would have an opportunity to have another another candidate run and have their name on the November ballot no,
4: I agree with that I agree I think everyone should be on a primary ballot Even a presidential cam- uh, candidate that's an incumbent has a primary Right. So I absolutely agree with that Guys, anybody else? I agree with you as well, Tom I think that especially having
1: a primary, allows for people to get involved who may have not had an opportunity to pull papers. A lot of people have a lot of things that go on in their personal lives and things that go on with work that might prevent them from being able to do something at a certain period of time. But if they have a passion for the city and they have a passion for being involved, I don't think we should restrict them from being involved if they want to be. Having a primary might allow someone who in August decides that they really want to be involved. They Mm -hmm. see what's going on. They have a Passion for what they want to see for the city yeah. I don't think we should restrict that for being on the ballot And I 100% agree with you
2: on that. Yeah, Jess, I mean the current mayor ran unopposed Two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And if they had Held a primary that year There were a lot of people who after the deadline Of, of nomination papers were saying Jesus, no one's going to run against this guy, I should have pulled papers But now it's too late um, Shouldn't we do away with canceling primaries And having a deadline to pull papers?
3: So I guess I will say I agree with you, Tom, and with what uh, my colleagues up here have said so far about uh, wanting us to not have that deadline, but I don't agree that we should make any decisions based on uh, one example in any race. Um, that's something that um, I was really frustrated in some of the conversations with the charter changes is that you cannot make any decisions based on one incident in Methuen's history. You really need to look at the vast majority of um, history in Methuen. Well, it's not just the Methuen mayor's race; right. it's
2: your race this year. So yep. it's 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 been pervasive. I remember when Pat Uliano ran unopposed in the East End. And no one ran against her And there were tons of people saying Geez, I wish I knew no one was going to run Or mm-hmm. I would have run
3: Yeah, So I think it really needs to start In a more comprehensive way um, So I had been planning on uh, Saving this for um, later when uh, things aren't so contentious with some of the issues that are in the forefront of the Methuen City Council. Um, but some of the things that I've been working on is a uh, resolution that addresses a variety of issues uh, that I find in um, our city hall as far as making everything a lot more inclusive for all of the candidates who are interested in getting involved. I know that when I first got involved, people told me that I, I shouldn't be in politics. It wasn't my turn. Um, I didn't know anyone big in the city. My family wasn't big in the city. I couldn't do these things for so many reasons. Um, and and I ran a writing campaign. And that's how I ended up getting elected. Um, but you shouldn't have to be that brave. And you shouldn't have to uh, do everything without all the resources at hand. So in other cities... Uh, there's a variety of different data that you get as a candidate. Um, you get a variety of district maps. You get uh, census data. You get a variety of different information. And uh, the city has really stepped up in the past handful of years or so uh, and it included a lot more information than ever was given before. You now get the CD-ROM full of all of the data um, with uh, the registered voters. You get a packet. You get um, more information. Um, you know information on when the deadlines are and things like that and that's great but we really need to take it take it a step further we need to say okay what are the things that will inhibit somebody who's brand new people who don't have insider knowledge like um where am i going to go in the city if i want to go and visit seniors who do i contact if i want to go and visit different demographics who do i contact who are the people that is the right way to, uh, to go about things. What are the laws in Methuen uh, for being an elected official? Where am I not allowed to door knock? Things like that. So uh, these are the things that we really need to address in Methuen and looking forward to doing that in the future.
0: DJ, I'm sure you're going to say you agree with everyone here, but I'm going to give you a chance to say that. Sure. No, I think great points made all around. I think that ultimately, any effort to make elections more accessible, to non-incumbents and people who are new to this process, I think is critical. And I think I'm actually really excited to see a lot of first-time candidates running this year, myself included, Steve. And um, I think that I totally agree with Jess about this notion of trying to provide people who want to run for office with the information required in order to go about the process in a way that I guess, levels of playing field, because if you are an incumbent or if you have run for office many times before, you know exactly what to do, where to go. But if you're just trying to start out and you want to serve the community, it can be a little bit of a barrier to entry. And I think that any effort to reduce that is good. The city is going to be putting a charter change on the ballot. I watched
2: uh, the sausage being made while they went through line by line and all the changes that they wanted (laughs) I can't believe some of the things that I heard. I want you guys to talk to each other about what you think about some of the proposed charter change. Are there things in there that – are you going to vote for it or against it? Do you, do you know what's in it? And if you don't, there, do you have any suggested changes? I'd like you guys to kind of talk to each other and, and, and kind of forget that I'm here. I just want to be the referee, whoever wants to start. I mean.
4: I mean, the best part about it is the fact that the chair is no longer on the school committee, the mayor. Uh, I do like that, that motion. I think um, – having the executor as the chair kind <clears> of <throat> holds other positions back a little bit or information isn't going to get directly to the people that should be getting into. So, I mean, I think that's probably a, a big change and a, and a good change for the school committee going forward.
2: Charter um, change stuff, uh, the mayor, four-year term, stuff like that. What do you guys think?
0: So I think in terms of, you know, the mayor, um, you know, I I do understand where people come from in that, you know, a two year term doesn't really give folks an opportunity to truly govern because you are uh, taking office in January and then already in immediately you're running for reelection. So I can get the sense of why people might want to increase that. But, you know, I think for now, uh, especially with the council, keeping that at two year terms, what is great about it is it keeps, I guess, a, um, a really good pulse on the city. Sort of like Congress, where mm-hmm. you know you have an election every two years. So I think this idea of having the council and, and all these other offices be two years is good for the mayor's position. Maybe long term, might be good to look at expanding that just to make it easier to govern. I guess yeah. um, four
2: years. You think the mayor should do two or four
0: years? Four years. I think um, ultimately uh, something to think about. Maybe two four year terms would be sufficient. What do to you guys think? Talk that. to each other. About I, this. I agree.
4: I think it, it, when you're coming into this you know city i mean not so much for the school committee or the city council i think for the mayor who has to do some long term goals that every year and a half they have to redo their election or worry about getting reelected i think it kind of puts some of the main topics on on hold now if you want to use this situation as an example you know Mayor Jujuga has made some bad decisions and you know it, it and but long term, you know, he had some really good goals for the city. New police station, new fire department, new DPW. I mean, these are all things infrastructure based and in, in urban renewal that we need in the city right now. So for some mayor to come in on day one and then, you know, eighteen months later have to worry about re election again, it kind of puts a lot of the main topics on hold.
1: And I would actually follow up on that as well. I think there's pros and cons of both. So with the two-year term, obviously you do have the opportunity that every two years to reevaluate how someone's running your city, how someone has the best interests of the citizens in mind first. Mm -hmm. Being someone who appreciates long-term planning, I think it makes that very difficult. I think that with four-year terms... And especially if you can have eight years in office, it allows for long term planning. I think with the city, we need to concentrate a little bit more on long term planning, especially with infrastructure. I think me and Nick agree on that. Yeah, I mean, where I think that's where we've kind of fallen short a little
4: bit. And to add to that, too, town managers get three year contracts. I mean, even, you know, long term towns or big big towns in the area, three year contracts. So a lot of the cities around us also have four year mayors, too. So for Methuen to still be a city, that is spending like a city on a town budget. You need a mayor that's going to be willing to invest their time, and and also to add to that, because I'm not running for mayor here, but I think a mayor should be making yeah. more. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. You're not fooling anybody. No, no, You're no, not no, 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 no. No, you need to be making more than eighty thousand dollars too. When you have a superintendent of schools and a and a police chief and a fire chief that are all making, you know, almost twice the amount that you are. I mean, you need a mayor that's willing to invest and not someone that's going to be retired and coming in and looking for something to add to their pension. We need a mayor that's going to be a CEO, someone that that has business experience, that can walk away from the table and say, hey, you know what? I'm leaving my business or I'm leaving my work life because I think I can run the city. You can't do that off of $80,000, especially in this city now with the taxes going up the way they've been, the cost of living, the LOS... When it comes to people's insurance, and you just can't afford it off of 80000 especially if you have a family of four. Anybody else
3: on this topic? No. Um, so regarding the issue of the mayor and the issue of the charter, I just wanted to say one thing generally, is that I believe this is a process that really should take place more publicly and more openly with the majority of Methuen residents. I felt, um, and uh, you know, I, I think the charter committee is made up of uh, many great people, um, but I felt that you know, I wanted to see 20, 30 plus people there. I wanted to see all of the people in Methuen who I know really care um, about what's going on to be there and giving their input. I, for a charter... I genuinely believe that the right way to do it is to have it be elected residents who are non-politicians to be making those decisions. Um, I just, I, I, you know, and I, I walk the walk on that. I mean, I voted against it. And um, some of the things in there that were changes, I absolutely agreed on and thought were great for the city. Some of the changes in there I thought were not good for the city. Um, but to me, what I think we shouldn't be doing is having politicians including ourselves up here, be the ones who are making these decisions. I believe that the residents should be the ones making these decisions, not just on one vote, do you vote yes or no on these charter changes, but in a much more collaborative way that we've had in the past with some changes to make sure that it it doesn't go off the rails like it has in the past. Um, So that, to me, I feel very strongly that when you're talking about the rules of politicians, they shouldn't be changed and created by politicians. That is, um, so that's something that I've had a really hard time with uh, reconciling because there are some things in here that I think are good and are very needed. Um, But I think it should be an ongoing long-term conversation over the next few years for us to make a lot of those changes with the support of the people.
2: But can you give us five examples? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a joke. Can I hop in there? DJ,
0: jump in, please. Sure. So um, I I definitely respect the work that the charter group did. And, um, you know, I think it's all very well considered. But I do agree with the premise of Jess's point here. Uh, About I'd say maybe 12 years ago, I was involved with a a local group uh, called Citizens for a Better Government. It was led by people like Phil Leahy, the late Maureen Donovan, um, a a great group of just residents who cared about the city, and they wanted to take a look at the charter, and they organized this group. It was a very grassroots-level group, and ultimately, a lot of the members of that group didn't end up winning... I guess the seats on that charter review group, it was you know, folks who are probably a bit better known, but at least the process was organic. It began at the grassroots level. And I think that that's pretty spot on in terms of where the changes should be coming from, or at least originating from.
2: We did have a question from uh, somebody who's watching us, by the way, there are a ton of people watching this live right now. Um, Someone asked, where is uh, Arthur Hardy? He's also a candidate in this race. We gave Mr. Hardy an opportunity to come on. He thought apparently that he was punishing me by not being here. Um, he's not punishing me. He's punishing himself. We did invite him. He chose not to come. Um, So these are the candidates that I think you should consider for this office because they care enough about you, the voters and the taxpayers of Methuen to put their time aside to be here. And they put aside some of their personal differences to do so, but but believe it or not, Um, we have a a number of things uh, that I hear from voters in Methuen when I talk about this upcoming race. And every single one of them down to the person at some point during the conversation about this race Talks about conflicts of interest Can you guys talk about this a little bit Because every single every single voter that I talk to During my conversation says I'm tired of the conflicts I'm tired of the insider deals I'm tired of the good old boys getting everything they want Behind the scenes Can you guys talk about this because if you don't You're probably not going to get elected I swear to God every single voter that I talk to brings this up
4: Tom, you know, I, I'm here at the table At the city council I'll be at the table I don't have to get up for anything I have no conflict of interest. I have no special interest. I think that's why some people have been attacking me. Uh, I'm not a vote that can be bought. I'm someone that is about the community. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to, you know, you could disagree with me all the time. But my voice and my vote is my own. It's not someone that's whispering in my ear or someone that's sending me text messages saying, you know, this is the wrong way to vote, Nick, wrong way to vote. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be that way. And, And I'm sorry to say it, though. Um, my family is 20 years now in Methuen. Not, and none of them work for the city. None of them have any conflicts with the unions. And, and, and I had no businesses in the city. I have my own house. My parents have their own house. I'm married. I'm invested here. My kids are going to go to the public schools. You know, you can't ask for a cleaner slate.
2: You
0: have kids? Not yet. No. Oh, I'm sticking have... ahead.
2: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I thought I missed something. No, nope, not
0: yet. I'm sorry. Guys, anybody? So, yeah. DJ? Go, going door to door, this issue is something that I hear from a lot of people. So I think that you know, if you are an elected official in Methuen and you do have these conflicts, you have family members who work for various departments, I think that as long as you are recusing yourself and making those conflicts known from the top of city hall, Um, I think that that's not inherently a bad thing. I think it's when it's abused and family members are taken care of in terms of jobs or what have you, I think that that's a disgrace. But that stuff
2: all happens behind the scenes, not to interrupt. But that stuff, I mean, nobody comes at the city at at, at the council table and says, hey, I made a deal with councilor so-and-so. He's going to vote for my project. I'm going to help his kid get a job.
0: So this actually gets to my next point. I have no conflicts of interest with the city. I have no relatives who work in any department, which means, as Nick said, I'll never have to get up from the table at any point because of a conflict. I'll be able to take a clean and honest vote every time. And yes, it, just like what Nick said, I'm an independent candidate. I'm not being told what to do, and I'm able to do what I think is in the best interest of the people of Methuen based upon their insight. And I think it's important that we focus on trying to identify and find candidates who are able to do the same thing in that you know, they, they don't have to worry about those conflicts. Steve, you've been really and, and, quiet. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'll jump in. So
1: I could echo exactly what DJ and Nick have said. That's the reason why I'm stepping up into this election is because I don't have a conflict of interest. And it's I'm frustrated as a voter and as a taxpayer. I I chose to buy my home here in Midouin because I want to be part of a great city. And I'm stepping up because I think that the conflicts of interest and personal agendas have gone in the way of moving our city forward. And I think that you need to have someone who is bipartisan, who is able to sit at a table and have a conversation and work as a team, I've mentioned it several times, that need to work as a team. Whether you agree with each other or not, it can't be someone's outside influence who's influencing a decision. It can't be, it can't be those backroom deals. Those need to end. I said, and having that conversations in front of the public and being transparent is extremely important jump in. To me. If you guys no, to I don't you want to cut go him go
4: off, ahead. but at the same time, I don't want to put aside that there are people that work in this city that are related to certain people that put their lives on the line every day. Absolutely. Too. Right. You know, our Absolutely. police have fired you know, the city was a town and townies tend to be mixed in with everything. Now that there's nothing wrong there. But when you're when you are negotiating contracts on, on, on a on you know subject that is involved with a family member, you should step away. But but when it comes down to, again, I want to clarify that there are some hardworking people in the city that put their lives on the line. They teach our students. And yes, they're related to people across the board. But when it comes to my vote, I will never have to stand up to walk away. Jess,
2: I think you're the only one who hasn't jumped in on this. Oh, sure. Did you? Sure.
3: So forgot. no, not yet. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, I've been uh, on the council for two years during a really tumultuous time. um, And uh, I felt that prior to this time, um, the conflicts were actually taken um, somewhat frivolously, in my opinion. Um, I, I think that sometimes people only really ca- called it a conflict if it was so firmly a conflict that it was, you really had to step out. Um, and I think one thing that is positive with all of the issues that have come out in the past two years is that everybody is much more sensitive about this now. Mm-hmm. And I think yep. that's a great thing, and it always should have been like that. But um, So for myself, I think some of the things that I talked about earlier that are the reasons why people told me that I couldn't run for office to begin with. And the fact that I didn't have all of these connections is actually a strength for me right now because um, it would really um, kind of kill me to not be part of um, these conversations and these discussions on how to move forward on a lot of these issues if I wasn't able to participate. Um, but I will say that um, there is different levels of um, conflict. So for example, in uh, City Hall, whenever there's a vote, there's been times where I've said, you know, I know this person. I have a friendly relationship with this person. In one circumstance, I was actually voting against um, a friend because I thought it was in the best interest of the city. But I still said forward and said, you know, is this is this a conflict? Um, you know, and and I, I was a little frustrated because I was actually kind of laughed at because every single person at the table, as far as I know, knew that person. Right. Um so they were saying, well no, that's that's not what I said, but you know, it's still worth it to have mm-hmm. the conversation. It's worth it to say, is this a conflict? Here's the information, let's just make sure that we're all because there's also the appearance of conflict, right? right? So there's the conflict yeah. and then there's the appearance of conflict. So you really want to make sure that you're going on all those angles and for me every time that I have ever wondered you know is is you know I'm 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 friendly with this person is this a, a a situation where I just happen to know them, or is this an actual conflict? I've asked and I've done it in writing. Um, And uh, there has never been any circumstance where they've ever said that I have any conflicts in any of the um, departments. I do not have any conflicts as far as, you know, like immediate family members and family that are in any of the departments. And so that, I think, makes it much stronger to be able to debate on everything that we're doing. And I'm glad that everybody uh, sitting up here is in that same situation.
4: And I think across the board, too. Uh, With all the counselors this year, I think uh, most of your candidates would be at the table.
2: Yeah. I mean uh, just because they don't have you, you, None of you guys have a conflict there may come a time When you have to step away if you know the, you, One of your neighbors is petitioning The council for something you may have to step away as, as a conflict in that particular Issue but it's good to hear that none of you Have any conflicts and that's not to Say that people who do have conflicts I know that there are Candidates in other races that have family Members in the police department or the school department or Something that doesn't necessarily make them bad people But it is something that the voters Are talking about and that's why I wanted that no, I didn't, yeah. It's no slight to anybody yeah. at all Right. And I think
1: people should take pride in the fact that their spouses, their right. kids, right. want to give back to the city. Right. They want. So. I said that's ingrained in their bloodline that you're supposed to get your civil servant, You're a public servant. And I think that that's actually a great thing for the city, for people who are born and raised here, to want to give back to the city and take pride in it. We're sitting up here at the table as candidates because we want to do that. Other people do it by being teachers. Other people do it by being firefighters. Mm-hmm. Is their way of giving back to the community that they love. Mm-hmm.
3: I think the biggest issue is when it comes down to vote count. I mean, there's been times in this past two years where I, we were looking at well, I mean, how are we even going to pass something? How who is even going to be able to vote? Is it, there's so few people voting? Is that really representative mm-hmm. of you know the fifty plus thousand people in the city? Um, I don't know. You know, so that to me is that. Whereas is the issue gets to be an awful situation. Is when you have so many people um, in the situation at the same time on the same issues. It's one thing if one person needs to leave or one situation every once in a while. Um, but when you're talking about people with multiple conflicts or um, you know, you're talking about multiple people having the conflict for a certain situation, there's votes on the city council that happened that I think would have gone a very different way had more people been able to vote. Right. Um, and that's a reality that uh, voters will need to consider when uh, making their choice.
2: So the audience is yelling at me. Um, the audience online is yelling at me Because they want me to talk about the elephant in the room And so we'll do that now Because we still have about a half an hour left And I want to give you guys enough time to substantively talk about this to each other The police department The superior officer's contract It has been a crap show For the last two years The amount of information that we've read in the daily paper A lot of it not true um, I watch the meetings as you guys do I want to give you guys an opportunity I'm not even going to you know, skew it and, and skew the question in any way the police superior officer's contract, the police department, the running of the police department. What do you guys think about all of this?
0: I want to hit on the police contract real quick. Just the whole Detail. process by which that... Minute, I'm saying your names because there's people who are listening to the audio oh, on sure. Podbean yeah. and some of the others. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that the people are listening, not watching, know who's talking. Absolutely. So the process by which that contract was passed by the council in 2017... That was a travesty. And what kills me, if you read the Inspector General's report, it said that during that process of, uh, you know, when the council was about to vote on it, no questions were asked about the content of that contract. The only questions that were asked, and this piggybacks off of what uh, Jessica just said about having so many conflicts, all anybody cared about was the rule of necessity. Right. Nobody asked or demanded for a, a financial impact statement, which there's actually a resolution that requires financial impact statements on contracts to be provided before a vote is cast. And it, I think it went through on just a first read. They, they didn't have, have a second read on it. And so just the process by which that entire contract was passed, that can never happen again ever. And I'm glad we actually have, uh, I guess, a stopgap in place now in the CAFO, someone whose job it is to actually look through this stuff and to provide the council with educated uh, ideas and opinions about what we're doing. But we need to scrutinize every contract and uh, make sure that that just never happens again.
4: You know, to, to, to be honest with you, where we are now in this process is where we should have been 18 months ago. I think it should have went straight to the courts, let the courts... Uh, you know, work on this and, and Nick pro- Zogli, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, Nick Desaglio. Uh, I think at that point they would have mediated in the middle somewhere. I think we've 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 gone eighteen months down the road, we've pointed fingers, we've made blames, we've said, you know, the superior shouldn't have sent that contract in, the mayor should have read it. You know, at that point it's a hearsay because you still don't have a real contract. And where if we just voted to send it to the to the courts. It, it, that council the current council shouldn't have taken it in their hands <clears throat> and not saying because they weren't experienced with it or Or they didn't have knowledge of it, but they didn't vote on that original counts that that original contract Majority of them did not so what they should have done was hand it off to legal and a, And I think honestly I, I like dick um, rich excuse me Rick a lot But um, I think we need a full-time solicitor in that office with a city of 50,000 people having a part-time or overtime done for him, it's just we need someone full-time. And I know he goes beyond what he really should be doing, but we need a full-time solicitor. And if we had that in the court, I have a feeling that we would have had this resolved about 18 months ago. And I agree, Nick, as especially with the... Steve Angelo.
1: <laughs> Sorry. As especially with the timeline that way it's played out. Yeah. Unfortunately, I said, what's done is done with the contract. Absolutely. It never should have happened. Yep. It never should have happened. And it's unfortunate for our city that we're in the situation we're in. But I said, all we can do is move forward and try to find solutions for it. I think that with the council, I agree that we should have looked into going to the courts immediately to look to remedy a situation that we were in. I think it's a great step to move forward. And that's on every topic, as opposed to continuously talking about it and talking in circles is actually making actions to move forward to resolve issues that we have here.
4: In and the I'm city. probably going to give you a plug right now, but your dad is a well-known businessman, and Methuen, he's my eye doctor, Methuen Eye and Optical. If he gave Who me a appreciate Yeah, that. no problem.
2: He, if he, he gave, should have been sponsoring the debate. <laughs> if you're going to yeah. give a free plug, he should have sponsored the debate. If he
4: gave me a bill and I paid for it, and then I started questioning it six months later, that's not my fault. Whoever wrote that contract and handed it off to the city, they didn't ask any questions. Correct. So I don't, I, and then again, we go back to the police department. The morale's down. They're down like 10 police officers right now. Cops are going to lower left and right. We need to invest in our police department, our fire and safety, and our schools because the morales are down across the board, folks. And when you have a city that has a morale in its, and it's, and let me actually add the DPW. I mean, the DPW's office, there's a roof caved in in their, in their, um, in their building right now. All right, that building is old as time. They need a new facility as well. So when you talk about the morale being down and people taking zeros, two, and twos, well, that hey, it's a zero this year. Yeah, my hard work into this city, zero. No, we need to start investing in the infrastructure of these departments. We need to start thinking about our employees and how that's going to affect the citizens. We shouldn't start saying, well, let's go to the tax levy first. We really need to grow our businesses. We need businesses to come back into Methuen, and, and, and that should be the income. It shouldn't be on our tax citizens. And you know, I just drove in, I was coming from 495, came up 28. I'm tired of seeing on the streets and in the, in the crevices of the concrete on the sidewalks weeds. This city is beautiful, and we're just letting it go to crap. And I don't blame anyone for that. Why not?
0: No, because it's, it's not it's not
4: the DPW's fault, it's not it, we just But it need is
2: somebody's fault and if you don't put the blame it's not going to get fixed. We
4: need a city that people care about from its top offices down. Not someone that's just worried about the check. And I know the motivation comes from money and knowing who you know, but we need politicians in this city that are going to drive by an island that has uh, a sponsored plaque on it with weeds growing on it saying, hey guys, come on down and please clean this out. I'm tired of seeing the, the memorials in this area that are just outgrown. I'm just tired of it. And I know I'm going off book here with the, the police side, but I, I'm just, I, I love Methuen to the point that, you know, I'm tired of people at my work in my space saying, Nick, I saw Methuen on the news again today. And it's not for the good stuff. And that's coming from the police department that are working off, they're, they're working their tails off, taking overtime and doing things to come in and, and, and solve crimes. And they're down people. So I, I, I don't mean to go off a little bit, but...
2: I can't believe I'm saying this, but Jess has not had enough time. <laughs> so uh, we, we, we've heard uh, what the other candidates think about the police issue. I, I haven't heard a solution yet, so maybe you can work a solution into your answer.
3: Sure. So I, I think it's important that we stay focused on this topic, because this is an instrumental topic that is really going to affect the residents of Methuen in the um, potentially tens of millions of dollars uh, in the future. Um, it's, it's a huge, huge 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 problem, and um, depending on the outcome, it could make a difference between whether or not we need to go up in state oversight, whether or not there's more borrowing that happens, um, and uh, a variety of other uh, major problems that would really set the city back uh, long term. Um, So as far as solutions, uh, so one one thing I differ uh, with my fellow colleagues um, uh, who mentioned this up here is that, uh, so the council actually did not legally have the ability to say, we're going to take charge of this, we're going to send it to the courts. I think at one point or another, if not, Dozens of times, every single one of the counselors mentioned the courts who were allowed to speak on it. Um, but the thing is, is that. Um, we our hands were tied as far as the legal structure of the City of Methuen. Uh, the mayor is the uh, leader. Uh, he's the leader who's able to uh, take a look at contracts. Once it was passed in 2017, which I agree with DJ, that was an awful thing And the way that it was done. Um, is a is a really dark stain on Methuen's history. But moving forward, the way that we needed to deal with it was to not deal with it in the papers, to deal with it professionally and come together. And that's not at all what happened. Instead, it became a political football, um, people started uh, talking negatively to each other, and it really became um, something that uh, is, is very frustrating. this council, for example, wrote to the Department of Revenue and said, we are actually deficit spending in this department. What do we do? Um, And uh, I know myself, I've written letters to the governor. Um, I've offered uh, testimony to a variety of different agencies on things that I knew uh, were happening uh, at the time. And in my opinion, I think that there were some people who just didn't want to actually solve this problem. I think that we had all the tools together to solve this problem. And I think that that was stymied in some way. So um, one Resolution that I did put forward uh, in order to solve this issue was it was a resolution. It was several pages long on a formal mediation process uh, where we would have uh, the superior officers, patrolmen, uh, representatives from the mayor's office, and the council all get together with their attorneys and speak to each other and say, "Let's let's be civil. Let's have this conversation. Let's see if there's any common ground before we all hit the nuclear button and risk tens of millions of dollars for the residents of Methuen, and." When that got put forward, it had enough sponsors so that it really was only going to take, you know, one other counselor saying, you know what, I think this is a good idea. Let's just try talking to each other in a professional way first before we all go to our respective corners and and start going down this road. Um, And I was able to – it took a while, um, but before it got to the floor, I was able to get the support of all of the other respective parties, which is hard to do because – You had, and I don't want anybody to conflate this issue because I know a lot of people are saying um, police. It was the police superiors uh, contract. And the way that it works is that if you actually uh, wanted to make cuts in the superior officers it would actually come from the bottom it would come from the patrolman they are the ones who would actually have the cuts per state law so
2: not my- to cut you off but isn't that because that's the way the city wrote the contract that's the contract the city accepted why not take those provisions out of the teachers the police the fire contracts that if one contract gets something the other contracts all get uh, I'll get a raise too
3: oh i agree this is so this is one of those things where the people who were doing this i would rather us give real raises Honest weight raises to people who are, are all of our city employees, instead of having these stopgaps that really only support certain people um, in the union. And, and I, I, su- I do support unions, um, and but this is this is. Something that has been done in a certain way that needs to stop most other cities and towns have uh, changed a lot of what goes on in those contracts and Methuen hasn't yet, so we need to keep working on that. But that that issue aside, the um, police issue, we had that opportunity before we all went to our respective sides um, and, and our city council unfortunately decided against it. Um, and it was frustrating to me because I wanted us to find a way where we don't have to lay people off. We don't have to put the city through what the past two years uh, have, have seen for them in the news and of them worrying. I, I mean, I know people, uh, including members of my own family, who look at how much the taxes have gone up just in the past couple of years, and they say, how, how could I survive us even if there comes to some settlement how can I even survive that tax increase? How am I going to stay in my home? I'm not going to be able to stay in my home. And it's, it's, I agree with the morale uh, issue. It's it's rock bottom. Uh, and it's unfair because these are the people who pull a bulletproof vest on um, and go out when nobody wants to rush to your aid. They're the people who are there. Um, so it, it's about a lot of different things and respect. But what I hope that we have in, in this race and in others is counselors who are willing to step up and say, you know what, this is not about me. This is about the city of Methuen. Yeah, this exactly. this is about yeah. the city of Methuen. We need to go and fix these problems and stand up. And what would have happened if we had passed that? Yep. Maybe nothing would have happened. Maybe there was no place where we could uh, have some common ground. And at least we would have known... That there was no place to find common ground, and then we would have gone to the courts. But instead, it was a political football, and um, I'm I'm not proud of the way that it was dealt with.
1: And well, you know, I'm not I, proud of the I, way that I said sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. So go. In, Steve Angelo is, is the way that everything was handled in terms of, and I mentioned it earlier. Is then it pitted the police against the fire, against the yeah. teachers, against this, and it turned to morale for all of our people who work here in the city, where everyone is going against each other. That's not the way things need to be. I said, mm-hmm. as counselors, we need to sit at a table. I said, in the mayor's office, needs need to sit at a table and come to a way of basically making sure that we're supporting all of our departments. I said, when it comes to public safety, we can't limit the public safety here of the citizens. We can't start saying, oh, we're going to make cuts and taking patrolmen off the streets. That can't happen. Especially in the days now, I think that that's very, very important to make sure public safety. We need to make sure we support our DPWs. We need to make sure we support our fire. We need to make sure and as councils and the mayor's office, and I, it goes back to what Nick was saying earlier, in terms of finding new tax revenue that's not on the residents. Yeah. In terms of trying to revitalize some of the downtown. Trying to find ways of generating income. Using the loop as an attraction again, which I think that we need to start to look into with the Tuscan Village going up down the street. Yeah. I think that that's something that we really need to start to analyze because I think that that will help us to make sure that we provide the resources for all of our departments that need them to ensure that stuff goes on. I know that there was an issue that on the other day with Forest Lake and I actually appreciate what Jessica did. I said in terms of they were closing down Forest Lake and they were doing a couple things and she made a phone call that helped to make sure that's open. That's important. But the fact that funding took a asset that we have here in the city away from Mm -hmm. the citizens isn't right. And I think that as a team and as a council, we need to work together in terms of finding ways to make sure that we're providing our citizens with the best.
4: And you went two ways. And I kind of want to go back to contracts because I'm not sure if anyone knew. Nick DeZoglio. Thank you. Is the school committee had seven contracts that they had to negotiate. And the one thing that, and due to collective bargaining, I'm not going to get too much into it, but the school committee was very, and the only thing that they really agreed on was a stickler on longevity. And so we, for most part, Dr. Kwong, and I'll give uh, Mr. Vogler and uh, Dr. Nicholson uh, credit to this because they were in most of the negotiations, um, they took the committee's wishes on, on getting a lot of these contracts aligned to look the same. And I think that was the hard work of the committee. And that's the thing here. Is our school committee, though there is some, dis, you know, Infighting we're going to be just, talking about the schools yeah. next. Uh, you know, uh, disagreements. Uh, we are all in line when it comes to the schools, when it comes to what we can do for them. And the contracts were uh, a big piece of it because we didn't have money this year. We didn't have money. We, everyone, and in the contracts, we, we negotiated zero twos and twos for many of our groups. And, and, and I think that was the, the leadership of the committee, but also Dr. Kwong um and and the committee came together to to make sure that each of these contracts look the same
2: um ed can we go a little over is that possible how much is a little time like maybe 10 minutes yep okay um because uh, we uh, and i'm I'm glad to hear a lot of what you had to say about the police uh i want to bring up the schools but i just have a very quick answer if you if i can get a quick answer do you guys think chief joe solomon's doing a good job I mean, I'm gonna say yes. I, I,
4: you know, here's the thing: uh the guy's bleeds Methuen. I, I do know that he bleeds Methuen. He has his. uh And again, I don't know the guy personally. I may have had two or three conversations with him, and they were about the schools over the last five, uh, four or five years. Um, but every time I see him out and about, he's there for the kids. He's there, and, and I'm saying this on the school side. He's there for the kids. Um, we have our SROs in, the office, uh, in our schools, and, and the officers are well-trained and, and involved. Um, from that leader aspect, I think he's done a great job on providing school safety. Steve? And myself personally, I really don't know Chief Solomon, but I know that he has a very difficult job, and
1: that position is thankless most of the time, especially when you have to stand up on behalf of your police officers and stand up on their behalf and take a hard line on different things. Everyone has the decisions to make. Not everyone's going to agree with everyone's decision. I think it's personally, I said, I think that that is a difficult position to have and to make everyone happy. It isn't. I think that the streets of Methuen are very safe, and I'd love to see them safer. And once again, I go back to enabling them to have police officers who can keep us safe. And I think that supporting the chief all the way down to the last patrolman is very important.
2: Uh, Either one of you?
0: I'm happy to answer. um, DJ Boragod, sure. I think uh, you know there's been a little bit of a fraught political history there, but I think uh, currently he's doing a fantastic job, just in terms of um, you know making sure that the community is resource in terms of our police department, but also uh, his efforts to uh, increase that notion of community policing, making sure that the police they're out and about in the community and active on social media and connecting with the residents. I think that that has been a very good thing. and uh, I think, too, uh, he, he seems to be uh, pretty open to working with various members of the council and such. Like, for instance, one idea that I'd love to uh, try to uh, implement, if elected, is expanding our city's neighborhood watch program. I think that that's a critical element to improve public safety in the city. And But, you're, you're, but you think the chief's doing a good job? Yes. Jess?
3: Um, so, I, for a while, I was trying to decide if uh, a sitting city councilor can talk about somebody's character. Of course, you can. <laughs> and I, I think that she well, would way, be what, okay. What, by the way, you do this. Can I,
2: can I just break <laughs> in? You do this all the time. I watch you on the council, and you always worried about what you can do. You are an elected city councilor, and no one can tell you what you can and cannot well, talk there are, about.
3: Well, there are laws, Tom. No. Uh, but, but I thought about it, and I think I'm okay in this circumstance. Um, I think I agree with what Steve said uh, in that he has a very tough job. Um, my experience with him is uh, really on um, you know telling him, here are the issues, how can we uh, resolve them? I mean, there's been issues of um, uh, drug uh, substance, misuse substance dealing, um, other things in the city, I've found him to always be very responsive. Um, I know that he has become uh, somewhat of a figure in Methuen and that people have all different opinions of him. Um, I've always, my experience with him has been uh, a good one. Um, I feel that he is somebody who goes to a variety of different things to train people um, on how the best way to do something as a chief actually is. Um, And so I think that right now we are in a position where we're lucky that um, we have diminishing um, um, Funds available due to a lot of these contract issues in that department, Um, and uh, it it takes a lot to try and juggle that to make sure that services aren't greatly reduced. There's a lot of things in Methuen that we do that a lot of other communities don't do. For example, if it's uh, just a call, a a medical call, somebody has fallen um, and needs help uh, to get up, um, a police goes with every single one of those calls. Uh, So there, there are a whole uh, list of things that Methuen does that's in addition to other communities, um, and for me, what I think is a lot of these things have to do with who your leadership is. So the mayor is officially in charge of each of the department heads. And I'm hoping, um, you know, we are we're we have uh, our current mayor is not um, running for re-election. And we have four candidates who are running. And I'm really interested to hear from those candidates on how they'll be working. Well, they will um, be
2: here. They will be doing a debate here, great, the ones that bother to show great. up. And we're going to give them that opportunity. So it's good to hear that all four of you think uh, that the police chief is doing a good job. I think in any community it's good to have the support of the uh, elected officials and the candidates. Uh, we've, we're we're going to go a little bit over, if you guys don't mind. We're supposed to stop at 2. Uh, Ed says we can go about 10 minutes over, if that's possible. Um, the other elephant in the room... Uh, The school department, now uh, Nick DiZaglio is a little bit at a disadvantage here because he sits on the school committee But we saw in the last two years a superintendent that had no certification She had no certification when she was a principal before she was even hired And the the search committee put her name forward anyway Um, During that whole debacle it was learned that there's $4 million missing out of the school's she outright lied to the council and said that it was all special education funding. We now find out that it's not.
4: And the school you, committee. You as, that
2: you, you as school commi- U.S. city councilors are going to have to vote on the school budget. And I want you to talk about this issue. Um, I, I'll, I'll give Nick, because he's at a disadvantage on this issue, a chance to go first. And then I want you guys to kind of talk to each other.
4: All right. So I'll come out and say it. If I knew then what I know now, I probably would have fired Judy Scannell. You know, here's the thing. Is Judy, when she was appointed, I was, I think, a uh, freshman in college. I
2: was going to say 12. but Probably. Maybe
4: freshman in college. So we're looking at like, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So I, I, I put blame on, uh, you know, multiple years of school committees and multiple years of mayors. Uh, I don't know how here we do, here here's the thing is we never negotiated the superintendent's contract while I was there now, is that right or wrong? No, because I could say the same thing that I didn't look at a contract or i or you know it's similar, but I do know that the former mayor looked at her renewal one, presented it to us, and we voted on it now again, you can say, did we ask about her qualifications or any of that I, I can't recall. Nor do I remember. Nor can we find the minutes on it. But the four million dollars. I was uh, at Bada Bing's in February of 2017, and Goslin came to me at the restaurant. Um, I was out to dinner with my wife, and uh, he mentioned to me briefly that Nick, I'm worried about overspending. I'm not in the room. I haven't been in the room for, you know, the last six to eight months. I said, "All right, I'll go to the mayor." which, by the way, the mayor was only two months into the role at the time. We went to the superintendent. She provided us the special ed costs. And I said, well, and by the way, I think I said at the last meeting it was February 12th, because of February, it was actually March 12th. So I got the, the dates mixed up. And um, March 12th, I brought up to. I said to Judy, I, you know, I'm, I, we're going to have to go to the city council. Is that correct? And she said, I'm going to have to do a supplemental budget or go forth with it. So I I said to her, I'm going to need you to come out on the record that it's special ed. Provide the proof or provide the numbers or provide whatever. We get a budget book every, every meeting. All right. And that budget book showed a negative number from October of 2017 on to February when a few of my colleagues brought it up. And then again, in March, when I brought it up, and Bob Vogler jumped in on the conversation too, and I saw the article, and I know there's some infighting, and you know, I respect every colleague that I have. I do. Do I disagree? Of course I do. That's normal. We're all politicians here, you know. Um, but at the time, we let Judy go with the resignation based off of, again, legal guidance and understanding of what would occur. And we didn't fire her or accept a resignation based off of the fiscal spending. Now that we've done our audit, which we did have an investigation, there was an audit. There, Seth came from the state. Cronin came in. He said there were 68 positions or 64 positions. Uh, 30, uh, 28 of them or 30 of them were for designated areas. Could have been for special ed. Not sure. And the other ones were replacing positions. Now, quotes have been made that if we were... Going to have thirty to forty kids in a classroom that they would have accepted those positions. All right, I agree to the fact that we not have a working school system based off of thirty to forty kids in a classroom. It, it's, it's impossible. Nor would we have. I want
2: to give everybody else a chance, but you know, but,
4: I, I, I just I get... want to finish one one thing, Tom. All right, if I knew it was three point seven million and that we weren't going to get the money from the chapter and icebreaker funds. I would have probably made a different decision, okay? But ethically, I did nothing wrong, and, and I went to the power that is the chair of the school committee, and that goes back to the charter. It's good to now know that the, the, if this is approved, the mayor will no longer be the chair or would have to be voted in by its peers. Now for me, going forward, the transparency with the school committees is superb. We have worked with the city council hand in hand. We've, I, plan, I plan the meetings with the city council. I make sure that the budget books and the minutes from each meeting and the links are sent to the secretary, and that they have the ability to look at it. And I also have the direct line to the chair. I've been able to build a great relationship with the chair and the vice chair and many of the city councilors, And I think Jess is one of them, too, that I've been able to work with. Now, our schools are in great shape. We're about a million above what we were last... Don't you
2: year. have schools that are underperforming? According to the state, don't you have two or three schools that are underperforming? Not. All of your schools are, are, are... You're saying all of your schools are rated... There's,
4: as, no, as, more as, le- there's no more levels anymore okay. in Massachusetts. There's no level three, level four, level one, level twos anymore. Okay. But before... The level system went. Everyone was a solid level two, except for the high school, which was level three. And that's because of MCAS testing and due to certain MCAS um, statistics that were causing some changes. And again, that's what we've been informed about. But I am proud of the curriculum that we've put into the schools. I'm proud of the Google Chromebooks that every third through eighth grader is going to get this year. I'm proud of the iPad and technology initiative. I'm proud of the the services that we're providing. Could we do more? Of course we can do more. But since I started from the school, started back in 2015, I think it was, we have gone up $10 million in the school budget. $10 million. And unfortunately, I voted for a cut in 2016 for a million dollars and because we were told that we were going to get more money in the following year and and unfortunately that money didn't come. We went into a deficit.
2: I've got to give other people because uh, we're a little over time and and uh, Ed was nice enough to give us at least another 10 minutes. Um, Normally this is an opinion show and I'd give my opinion um, but because I'm the host I'm not going to do that but I am going to employ the other candidates to please not let him get away with that. That answer. Anybody that wants to jump in. Anybody brave enough to handle this topic? The school department, the missing money, the superintendent?
1: Well, I think it goes, Tom, I think it goes back to the lack of transparency that was happening. Obviously, Ian, who works within the school system, is the money man. He has a lot of the knowledge of what's going on with the spending. Him not being involved with conversations is wrong. And that can't happen. I'm glad to hear the stuff that's moving forward, but I think as a whole, throughout the entire city, transparency is key, and making sure that the right people are at the right tables making the decisions. I mean, it, goes, still, back, it yeah. goes
4: back to those things where we, we, still, these have back pa- to we still have paper warrants back. for God's sakes, Tom. We've been trying for years to try to make them automated, electronic signatures. You're telling me that these warrants that we send up to the mayor's office every year—I mean, every week—in Tom Kelly's desk at the time. They weren't noticing the the deficit, of course. The deficit was right there. The deficit was right there. Everyone knew about Wait, it. I
2: wish I was a candidate so I could debate them, but it's not my place. Any other candidates want in on so, this?
0: I, I want to say something, and this is, I guess, geared towards the school committee in, in general. Um, the situation going back to Dr. Scannell originally, I think it's enough. She to wasn't make- a doctor. Well, yeah. okay. There's another fraud. Okay, there we go. Okay. So I stand corrected. But the, uh, going back to that, um, the, the idea that you can have a position like that and not have the licenses, that's insane. It's enough to make your head explode. There are teachers who lose their job for not having the proper licenses. And she has fired some of those teachers. Exactly. And so I think, you know, going back to that, I think that it was incumbent upon the school committee at the time, knowing that, my goodness, we have someone who is working without the necessary licenses. The decision to fire, I think, was absolutely the correct one. And the thing that bugs me as a taxpayer, the idea that the vote not to fire, essentially letting her go off into the sunset with what you could probably describe in the private sector as something that comes awfully close to a golden parachute mm-hmm, with yeah. no questions asked. Why?
4: I just so, so just to add to that, though, DJ, when we sat down with our legal team, we don't have any effect on the pension. The pension board does. So fire or not fire, it, 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 to be honest with you, the pension would have been probably given to her regardless. So we have no say over the pension. I, I want everyone to understand that because we couldn't take away
2: a pension from her. That's the pension board for the assistant and superintendents of Massachusetts. But I'm pretty sure that if you guys fired her and did an investigation and uncovered all this before you let her go, that the pension board would have taken that into consideration, don't you think? Anybody?
3: So I think uh, what we really need to do here is have a shift in this conversation because – I think this is part of the reason why people don't like politicians is because we're talking about scenarios and we're talking around the conversation. And and that is what I think really frustrates people about politicians, because there are people at home probably watching this saying, you know, tossing their coffee up in the air saying, how can, how I, I am, I am outraged. I am angry. I'm, I'm. When I first heard um, that our former superintendent was not certified, I'll be honest. My first reaction was sad. I was sad because I had always had a great experience, and um, I was I was sad to hear of it. And I, I hoped that it wasn't true. Um, and then, as things started to unravel and more was uncovered, um, there there really wasn't it wasn't an opinion anymore. It, it became the facts. Um, and uh, you know, for me, I look at things again. You know. I'm not somebody who's any kind of political insider or I found out about this four million dollar deficit in 2018 um, at really and it was released to the press I mean everybody really knew <laughs> about it when I knew about it and um, you know I guess for me if if I was in the situation that somebody I think all of this is about public trust right so when you have a whistleblower situation and somebody says here is some information. Uh, our business administrator for the schools is actually uh, works for the superintendent. So it takes a lot of guts to say, I have something negative to say about somebody who could fire me. And here's what I am saying, and, and I'm scared, and I'm nervous. Um, and uh, so I, I honestly, I for this whole time, I was pretty harsh on the business administrator not having known that this whole time that this has been going on. Um, and I, I felt, how, how could you have done this. Um, And then to find out after the fact that that he did come forward and say something about it, that that is something that I I think we are going to have to talk about, because what are the policies that need to be put in place for us to make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again? Because there were people who knew about this. Without the rest of the council knowing, right? Lot, so, the, lot, so there were, lots so, of you know, so you had this. you had a lot of people who knew about this, um, and we could have done a lot of things had we had more time. There could have been things that were cut first. There could have been things that we said, okay, well, let's restructure this differently. So let me, let's let, me to,
4: let me just step in there because so, so when you guys, I just want to make sure the perception is is not that I was in a room with with Mr. Goslin talking about you know sixty eight positions because that's not what occurred. I was at a restaurant, he came up to me and said, Nick, we're overspending. And I said, okay, what do you want me to do? What are you, what are you talking about, we're overspending? He goes, yep, we're going to be in, a, here's, here, we're, we're overspending and I, I can't get to the superintendent. So I said, all right, well, I'll go to the mayor and I'll go to the superintendent. The superintendent wouldn't have done anything different than other than show the documents that she ended up showing. And, and here's the thing is we were misled and now we have policies in place to make, and, and administrators that I think are, are, are fantastic. We have Dr. Kwong in there now. Ann Goslin is going to be working with the capo, which is a, is a perfect example of restructuring the city. And then we also have everyone reporting up now to Dr. Kwong who isn't afraid of being a part of the superintendent team. Okay?
2: Yeah, but you, you, you've had a lot of time. Steve I'm going to jump answer. in real quick. I know, but I it, 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 it,
4: this is a topic that's sensitive to me. No, obviously. It, that's it, why I've giving you and more time. That, yeah. I gave you a lot yeah. more time and than and
2: everyone else on this. For
1: myself, and one of my biggest frustrations with politics in general, and that's not people at this table, that's not as an all encompassing thing, is we tend to reflect too much on the past and past mistakes as opposed to looking to the future and how yeah. to make sure that these problems don't ever happen again. Yeah. Once again, we dropped the ball. Something bad happened. It's our job now for the people here at this table. To make sure that stuff like that doesn't happen again. To make sure that the safeguards are in place to not have things and put Methuen in a bad light. It to say it was embarrassing. It really was. To read that stuff in yep. the newspapers and stuff is embarrassing. What we need to do now is, once again, as a team, as counselors, in as is to put the parameters in place to ensure that that stuff does not happen again. Because if it does. It looks even worse,
4: yeah, and we have to invest in a financial and h r system and I know mr Cronin's working with the with the mayor and the and, and the town agencies right now I know um that's something that we've lacked i mean the, we have an old ancient ERP system, and that's something that again we need to pay attention to is our infrastructure. how can we continue to do manual warrants and manual finances without making sure that we're going to lose a penny somewhere. That's where we need to come into this. Because you know what? If we had a strong financial system and there was warning bells going off, I know I run an ERP system right now at my office that if I'm under budget, boom, 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 17 different areas are going to know about it. Right. It's the infrastructure of the city that we need to be putting in place. So we,
2: are, we are going to go right ahead. we we'll so make it brief because we're wrapping up.
3: One of the things that um, I'm really proud to say that myself and my fellow, uh, the total nine counselors worked on this past year is we were handed this problem. We were said... Okay, well, you know we're we're in a four million dollar deficit, and at the time, not much was really known about the situation. And um, you know, to the credit of the full council, we all worked together. We got to work. We passed a a very difficult document uh, to do with uh, financial oversight. Um, I personally wanted us to go into a higher financial oversight because I feel that there are many more issues that Methuen uh, has as an issue, and I don't want it to come out like this. I want it to come out in advance and for us to deal with it. But I do think that the notion of we can't just move forward without fixing our problems. The way that I think about it is right now, um, if you have a messy house, you uh, go and take everything out, you make a big mess, you pile everything in the center. If you really want to clean your house, you take everything out, you clean, and then you put it back together slowly. And I think the process that we are in right now in and is the taking everything out and starting to assess how are we going to put this back together the right way and uh, you know for me if you can see and me at any of the different council meetings it is tough to stand up and be alone and say you know what I may be one or two counselors who feel this way but I'm going to say this and even though there's a lot of people who don't want me to say this I think that's what's in the best interest of the city I've got to, cu- so- I've got to cut
2: you we're at 112 um, I want to give each of you less than a minute please be as brief as you can To make your final pitch, at least for now, uh, as to why Methuen voters should vote for you. Three of you are going to get elected. Uh, these are your four major candidates ladies and gentlemen The, the fifth candidate chose not to be here So I, would, I wouldn't I would even consider him I think these are the people that cared enough about the voters to show up So these are the people you should consider um, Each of you say your name for the people who are listening audio And not watching video And give like maybe a thirty to a, a 30 second to a minute Last pitch as to why people should vote for you We'll start with Steve You didn't get a lot of time today But we'll, we're going to do another one after the primary And we'll give you more
1: Alright perfect I, Tom thank you again for having me here I said for myself personally I said the issue in hand is putting Methuen first. And if you elect me as a part of your council, I said it will, Methuen's best interest will be the first thing as a priority. It's not gonna be any special interest. It's not gonna be any special groups. It's gonna be what's best for the city as a whole. We have 50,000 people to look out for here in the city. And if we are not doing our job as councilors and we are not standing up for every single voter and every single resident, we're not doing our jobs. And with me, I can promise you'll have someone who's genuine and hardworking who will be working hard in the trenches to do stuff. This is not my forte is being up here in the spotlight. I'm someone who likes to make differences and actually make decisions and really hit the ground running behind the scenes, but in order to do that I have to be up here, and that's what I want to do is to work for the citizens of the Methuen and continue to movement forward. Nick board.
4: Nick? Nick DeZoglio. Uh, the, you know, I say to myself that every day I've come to Methuen I... I come to the schools I work with the students I work with the teachers I work with the administration um, if you ask anyone at the schools I, i've I've been a voice for them um, I've been endorsed twice in the last two terms by the the teachers union um, you know for me it's I'm going to do the same thing for the city except a, a bigger level at this point I'll be there for the departments I'll be there for the residents you don't have to agree with me you don't uh, you, again you could say what you want to say about me but My voice will always be for you guys. My vote is never bought, and I'm not a self-interest person. I'm not doing this to get another job. I'm not doing this to, to make myself look better. I'm doing this for the, the the best of the city. So,
2: so thank we're you. We're almost out of
3: time. Jess? Hi. Uh, so uh, my name is Jessica Finicaro. I'm running for re-election. I think there's a lot of different opinions here and I think this is great. This is the way a debate should be where we all right. come together right. and say here's our opinions and then back it up with facts and thoughts and then decide, you know, do we have any common ground? That's what I think is the right thing to do. Um, I stood in 2017 in Degas Park on Mystic Street and said, uh, I promise to fix this park. This is going to be my number one priority. It's completely 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 dilapidated. uh, And I fulfilled that promise. I said I was going to work on economic development and community development. I serve on that committee now. And I'm one of the co-founders of uh, Methuen Day. Um, As far as the other things that I said, I said accountability. I have posted on Facebook, I have talked to the residents, I have not stopped going to events to talk to people. This isn't just campaign season for me, this is 24 seven, all year round. Um, and I've tried to make sure that I'm as accessible and accountable for my decisions, often go on uh, Facebook and explain why I voted a certain way as well. Um, and results, I mean, I have gone forward and said, you know, a financial impact statement is what would have saved us in 2017 from some of those contract mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I went out, I wrote that um, resolution and and it did get passed. So right now, that same situation can't happen again. And that's what we need to do. We need to focus on that. We need to be transparent in the way that we're doing it. We need to focus on the promises that we make. I've dealt with over a couple of hundred constituent requests I've got, I've got this year. You. And um, I'm asking for one of your three votes on November 5th.
2: DJ Boragod, you get the pleasure of being the uh, wrap-up candidate today. Thank you for being here.
0: Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Uh, I, I'm going to keep it uh, short and sweet. I think that we need more elected officials with innovative ideas and a desire to put our city's best interests ahead of everything else, ahead of politics, ahead of special interests, you name it. And I think uh, we also need to have uh, a better sense of fiscal responsibility in government, more accountability, uh, transparency. And I know we were talking a lot today about putting out fires and such. But I look forward over the course of the campaign to talk about some more forward-looking ideas about how we take Methuen from point A to point B and move forward together in a way that is collaborative and productive.
2: DJ Beauregard, uh, Jessica Finicaro, Nicholas Cesaglio, Steve Angelo, thank you for having the class to be here. Uh, Thank you all for coming. Hopefully you will come back. Uh, hopefully you'll also get on the ballot. Please keep me up to date as to whether they're not going to actually put you on the ballot. Also, want to thank A and M Auto Body, who was, ju- uh, who was a actually a paying sponsor here on the program. We didn't run thank his you. commercial today. We're going to make that up to you at another one. Uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, Heroes in Our Midst is on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble from the pages of the Valley Patriot. Also, you can, uh, you can buy Lawtown, the movie I'm in, uh, on uh, Vimeo.com, Google Play, and a whole bunch of other stuff. The Valley Patriot is on the streets as we speak, and when I leave here, I'm going to go finish doing deliveries in Methuen. Please, 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 if you're in Methuen, make sure you vote no matter who you're voting for, and talk to the candidates and tell them what you care about, because this is the time that it matters. Ed Sullivan, our producer, thanks so much. Hiya, Top Two Guys Smoke Shop here at Studio 21. We'll see you in two weeks with the Central District Council Debate.